0: The Hard Shoulder on Newstalk with Nissan's big electric switch. Scrappage is now available on your old car when you switch to a 100% electric Nissan Leaf.
1: Now, this time every Wednesday on The Hard Shoulder, we bring you the last post. Rather, John Kelleher brings you the last post. He tells us all about the life and times of someone who has recently passed away, someone you have probably never heard of, but you probably should have. And John, this week... You were telling us all about Howard
0: Weitzman. Who was he? He was one of the best known and most influential entertainment lawyers in America. He was named one of the top fifteen U.S. lawyers by the American Law Journal. And over a long career, like he was eighty-one when he when he died last week, he was he uh, had uh, over a fifty-year career. He did more than three hundred criminal and civil jury trials very high profile he once said I don't think I'm a super lawyer but I've represented some interesting clients and clients is the operative word here because among a thousand or so clients that he had um, famous and infamous some infamous celebrities they um, they included Michael Jackson Marlon Brando Ozzy Osbourne uh, Justin Bieber John DeLorean uh Sugar Ray Leonard, Britney Spears, Paris wow. Hilton, Arnie Schwarzenegger. You you named them. He he represented them. Wow.
1: Okay. So so he had this incredible career. Tell me a little bit before we get to his career, his his about his early
0: life, where he's from. Yeah, he was born in LA and uh his parents ran a grocery store and he, he worked there, which is apparently where he developed his considerable uh people skills, social skills. But he, he graduated in UCD in from USC Uh, University of Southern California in 1962. He had a degree in physical education and his his dream was actually baseball. He wanted to be a baseball player, make a career out of baseball, but that didn't work out. And a friend suggested law school. So he uh, actually studied law and received a degree in 1965. And then he began his practice as a criminal lawyer, specializing During the 70s in in murder cases, some quite well-known ones at the time, Um, Mary Brunner, who was a member of the Charlie Manson family, who had actually given birth to Charles Manson's child. He represented her. He represented Louis Dragna, who is the alleged head of the LA, the Los Angeles Organized Crime um, uh, Syndicate. And he represented Barbara Musin, who was ringleader of a so-called grandma mafia uh, of drug dealers. Um, and he also represented some Black Panthers.
1: Oh, wow. OK, so he, he, he had all of these clients, these early clients and then eventually celebrities. You mentioned in the middle of all the celebrities, though, uh, John DeLorean. And hey, most of us would just think of the car and back to the future.
0: Tell me a bit more about that. that. That's absolutely right. I mean, he that was the case in 1984, John DeLorean's case that put him firmly onto the legal map in L.A. And uh, if you like, on the yellow brick road to uh, celebrity law, he, he um, the FBI had carried out a sting operation involving John DeLorean, who was the very flamboyant um, automobile executive, um, charged, he was charged with cocaine trafficking. And during his trial, uh, prosecution evidence included a tape of John DeLorean uh, discussing a cocaine deal with this undercover FBI agent. But Weitzman was able to demonstrate to the jury's satisfaction that his client was set up And not only had uh, John DeLorean pulled out of the deal, but the undercover FBI agent had apparently altered and destroyed some critical uh, case notes. So contrary to what was anticipated at the start of the trial, uh, John DeLorean was acquitted.
1: Oh, all right. OK, so John DeLorean uh, got off. Thanks in part to our good Mr. Weitzman.
0: Yeah, uh, he was. In fact, I think it was thanks to perhaps for the first time or certainly early days in terms of exploiting what they called courthouse steps, news conferences. Um, He he was a master of this. As he said himself about the DeLorean case, what made that case unique was that it came about just as standard cable TV news was becoming popular and the daily coverage was being ratcheted up. So in particular, CNN would have rotating coverage several times a day. So he said, during the trial, I had a courthouse steps press conference at the end of
1: every day. Wow. So he was really on the crest of a wave in terms of celebrity lawyers, thanks to cable news.
0: Exactly. And and, and journalists loved him. They really liked him because he was, for them, he was helpful. He was witty and entertaining and they liked his his quotable quotes. I mean, he's very good on that. He said, "Part of my reason for talking to the media uh, was to try and even the scales." I learned early on that on television, they they tend to take three words from the ten sentences that you speak. <laughs> so you learn pretty quickly to speak in sound bites,
1: if possible. Well, we actually listen. Speaking of sound bites, we have a little uh, clip of him speaking to the news media. Take a listen.
0: At some point this morning, the court. Believed that it was possible there was a conflict between Mrs. Jackson's interest and the children's interest and it's quite normal for courts in these situations to appoint a third-party objective neutral individual to look out for the children's financial interest and the children's legal interest and that's what Judge Beckloff did uh, this afternoon. So Mrs. Jackson remains the guardian of the children, that is their care and custody is hers to take care of and for her to look after them. But a third party will be the guardian of the estate of the children. And that person will look after the legal and financial interest of the children.
1: So that's what uh, Howard Weitzman sounded like. Uh, John, he, he mentioned the Jacksons there. Talk to me a little bit about Michael Jackson, one of his most infamous, famous clients.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, Michael Jackson, he represented both um, before and indeed after death because he represented the Jackson estate. Uh, he was one of um, Michael Jackson's most vocal defenders against the allegations of abuse. And he, he took every occasion, opportunity he could to to proclaim his, his innocence. Um, after there was a 14-year-old boy who accused uh, Jackson of sexually molesting him. And uh, Weitzman and another uh, superstar defense lawyer, Johnny Cochran, whom you know from the O.J. Simpson yeah. uh, trial, they settled the boy's civil action by arranging for Michael Jackson to pay him a sum, which was believed to be millions of dollars. And, and then in 2009, um, 10 years after Jack, Jackson's death, he sued HBO over that very controversial uh, documentary *Leaving Neverland*, where two men said that uh, they'd been molested uh, as kids by by Jackson, and he he won that effectively in the appeals court. Uh, it found in his favor, and it went to arbitration. All right, was he uh, was like a, a wheeler dealer?
1: Would that be a, a, a fair description? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good term for him. He he excelled at settling uh, cases out of court. He um, he 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 had a you know a great sort of nose for business uh, litigation and making deals. And even though he was very aggressive, could be very aggressive in court, he he came to actually prefer settling cases out of court. And he he was able to make many of the lawsuits against his his clients um, disappear. Uh, one case in point. Uh, or one client in point be uh, Justin Bieber. Oh, tell me about Justin Bieber then. Yeah, in, in 2011, a young fan accused uh, Justin Bieber of fathering her child, uh, and she insisted or demanded that Bieber take a DNA test. Um, so Weitzman declared that, of course, his client would submit to such a test. At the same time, he, he threatened to counter sue saying that she was making a bogus claim. She actually dropped the action. Um, he also represented Bieber in 2012, a year later, when a former bodyguard was suing him, claiming that, that Justin Bieber had punched him. Uh, just before the trial was due to begin, uh, Weitzman was able to announce that the parties had uh, had reached agreement and the action was dropped. All right, got a deal there anyway, our Wheeler dealer. um, uh, uh, Let's
1: go through there. You mentioned Justin Bieber. We've had John DeLorean. We'd have Michael Jackson. Paris Hilton, did you
0: mention? Oh, yes, I did. And it's interesting because he had plenty to say when representing her. In 2007, you may remember she was caught driving after her licence had been suspended after a drunk driving conviction. And she was sentenced to 45 days in jail, Weitzman was absolutely furious. He he told reporters that the sentence should have been much lower. And he elaborated on that. He said, it's clear she was selectively prosecuted because of who she is. The sentence that the judge handed out, in my opinion, he said, bordered on being really mean spirited and punitive. I think it was brought about by pressure from a lot of outside sources to make an example of Paris or Paris. I just think it was wrong. Uh, shame on the system, he said, and shame on the city attorney for bringing this case. But the city attorney replied, saying that the judge had simply shown that no one was, a, was above the law. All right. Oh,
1: OK, so listen, that's his, his career in court or on the steps of court in some cases, like Justin Bieber's. Being around Hollywood, did he get involved at all in, in the movie industry?
0: Oh yeah, because he represented um, many of the, the big studios. Um, in 1995, he took what he described as a left turn and he actually was appointed executive vice president of corporate operations at uh, MCA, later Universal, uh, Universal Studios. He said that it was a, a wonderful experience because it was purely business, um, big change for him. Yeah. He said he, he had a, he got a bird's eye view of how an entertainment company was run, and he had really wanted to try something else. Uh, so he he really enjoyed it. He said it was a, like a roller coaster ride, of of fascinating experiences, which he was able to apply to his legal practice when he went back to it. Because he said, it it helped the experience at Universal, the business experience, helped him to better evaluate whether to take a case to to trial. Mm. Um, early in his career, he he said he was always more inclined to draw lines in the sand. But now, he said he he was more more wanting to try and avoid the actual trial and resolve it, short of uh, litigation. Okay, um, He got ousted, by the way. He, oh, did he? he was uh, there for six years, but he got ousted in a, in a management uh, reshuffle and he returned to the law. All right. Listen, when
1: he returned to the law, I suppose we have to mention, we talked about some of his most famous clients, the most infamous
0: criminal defendant in history, arguably, as well. Yes, you're absolutely right. It didn't last long as a client. Uh, strangely enough, in 1994, he briefly represented O.J. Simpson in what was known as the Trial of the Century. and um, he, he accompanied O.J. to um, a police interview prior to his being charged with the murders of his former wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, uh, Ronald Goldman. But... Less than 48 hours later, he dropped out of the Simpson case saying that he was he was too busy. And then after the trial and the not guilty verdict, he took the unusual step of saying that the jury had reached the wrong conclusion. Uh, He said it's pretty uh, clear cut what he said. He said, that is my opinion based on time spent with him before the incident occurred, time spent with him after the murders occurred and observing at arm's length the facts brought out during the trial. Oh, wow.
1: OK, so that's pretty yeah. damning of of O.J. Simpson, who he represented for less than 48 hours. Yeah. Well, what about later life, John Post O.J.?
0: Well, he, um, yeah, he was quite active, really, up to the, up to, you know, very close to the end. He, he, um he appeared briefly, by the way, in, in uh, his connection with movies. He appeared briefly in a movie in 2005. You might have seen it. Thank you for smoking. It yes. was, um, it was written, written and directed by Jason Reitman, who was the son of a long term friend of his, Ivan Reitman who incidentally got a Best Picture nomination for one of my favorite movies, Up in the Air, with uh, George Clooney. Oh, yeah, very good. Got an Oscar nom for, for that. But he said it was a, he did a cameo and he said it was a lot of fun. i never get a starring role, but I, I like doing cameos. <laughs> All and, right. and then even as recently as last year, he was still representing the, um, the Jackson estate. He okay. won an appeal in a case that... Um, that was brought against the estate by Quincy Jones, who was who was Jackson's long term, um, long time producer and who was claiming unpaid royalties. But Weitzman succeeded in having the estate's li- liability reduced to just two and a half million from
1: nine point four. Wow, That's earning your crust uh, anyway, right up until the end working hard a fascinating story as always John I really enjoy them and if anyone wants to listen back to that it is up on the News Talk app powered by Go Loud Howard Weitzman the defence lawyer for the rich and famous John Gallagher as always thank you